This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance agencies provide individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Good Thursday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. Stop me if you've heard this one before, but there's no sign the government shutdown will come to an end. The stalemate is now in its 34th day and looks like it will continue a little while longer after Sioux Senate votes failed to cross a necessary 60-vote threshold. The chamber voted on two proposals, one reflecting an offer over the weekend from President Donald Trump and one reflecting language from House-passed spending bills. Earlier this morning, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell tried to sell his colleagues on the Trump-backed language. Members can vote to immediately reopen the entire government with a compromise package that the president will actually sign, or they can hold out for the Democratic leader's dead-end proposal that stands no chance of earning the president's signature and ending the partial shutdown. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said the two bills were not equal. The president's proposal makes radical changes to our asylum laws and demands that American taxpayers fund a border wall in exchange for reopening the government. The second vote demands nothing no partisan demands, no ransom. It reopens the government for two weeks and provides long overdue disaster aid. And then it leaves room for us to debate how to best secure our border. Ultimately, the Senate didn't back either measure. The Republican bill received 50 votes. The Democratic plan received 52, both short of the necessary 60. The House is not scheduled to be in session tomorrow, pushing any potential compromise into next week at the earliest. Farm Service Agency offices were opened today to provide producer services, including market facilitation program processing. But when asked when the shutdown would need to end for producers to be ready for the upcoming planting season, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley says, Yesterday. Uh, it's a little facetious, but that's kind of the way I see it. Outside of the production aspect of agriculture, Grassley says federal nutrition programs could suffer if the shutdown lingers much longer. Don't forget the old adage that I think's got some truth to it. You're nine meals away from a revolution. When people can't feed their kids, they take drastic actions. USDA will provide February supplemental nutrition assistance program benefits, but Grassley says March benefits remain in question. Biofuel leaders are looking a few years into the future as federally mandated blending levels near their expiration date. AgriPulse's Ben Nully has more. Renewable Fuels Groups made their case for the Renewable Fuels Standard in San Diego today as EPA will soon evaluate where the program stands after the 2022 expiration of statutory blending levels. Renewable Fuels Association President and CEO Jeff Cooper says objective analysis has shown the RFS has benefited the economy and environment. It has absolutely diversified our energy portfolio and boosted energy security. So, you know, we think there, there's going to be a very strong rationale for continued growth in the volumes, RFS volumes, post-2022. The EPA will use certain criteria to determine volume requirements for renewable fuels beginning in 2023. Growth Energy CEO Emily Score hopes the agency will set higher volumes based on the marketplace embracing E15. And we're seeing that today. You've got a lot of retailers in 30 states selling E15. And what we're seeing based on those sales, once consumers have a taste of E15, they come back for more and they will demand that they continue to have access to higher blends. National Biodiesel Board CEO Donnell Rehagen says both ethanol and biodiesel industries rely on the RFS and must stick together. Collectively, it's important 
important for us to uh, put our efforts together, whether it's communication or advocacy on the Hill, to make sure that that policy stays in place and continues to provide that growth. He adds, with recent talks of climate discussions on the Hill, it gives renewable fuels the opportunity to play offense moving forward. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.